Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. During the season of Advent, we're going to be doing a series called A Light in the Darkness. The goal of this series is to explore how God makes the divine known to us in ways that we can observe and experience in the world. We'll be going along with the themes of Advent, hope, peace, joy, and love. I hope you enjoy and have a wonderful Advent. Our first scripture reading for this evening comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and 6 and 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born to us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Treasure these words and ponder them in your heart. Thanks be to God. The birth of Jesus as told in the Gospel of Luke, second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Treasure these words and ponder them in your heart. Thanks be to God. Our third scripture reading continues from where the second one left off. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. 
And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Treasure these words and ponder them in your heart. Thanks be to God. Hear these words from the Gospel of Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is this child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Treasure these words and ponder them in your heart. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Our fifth scripture, scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Treasure these words and ponder them in your heart. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Well, I want to say Merry Christmas one more time. I don't know about you, but we have been preparing for Christmas in my household for about two months now. And I don't mean that in the sense that uh, we've been buying gifts all that time. I'm not nearly that organized to get that far ahead. I started purchasing most of my gifts last week online, and uh, they haven't entirely arrived yet. Um, so I'm banking on that Amazon Prime free shipping. Do they deliver on Christmas Day? No? Don't tell my wife then, please. I need to blame somebody for me being lazy. So. What I do know is, is that one of the big reasons why we are in this place where we are so excited, why we started two months early, is because my boys are five and eight. So this is prime ages for Christmas for them. They just figured out what Christmas is all about. It's about presents, right? <laughs> Jesus doesn't really even factor into it, and I'm a pastor, and they're my kids. I'm just telling you the truth, right? They are these little balls of excitement and they just cannot wait for tomorrow morning. I honestly think we're gonna to have to give them a horse tranquilizer tonight <laughs> to get them to sleep because they are just off the wall buzz with excitement. 
But I understand why they're excited. You know, I don't think my parents were very good with me when I was excited for this as a kid. But I read an article that talked about the difference in how adults and children experience time. Have you ever heard of this? So you probably know this from your own experience, right? So when you're a kid, shorter amounts of time feel longer, right? And when you're an adult, longer amounts of time begin to feel increasingly shorter as you get older, right? So what was interesting is they said that if you are five years old, which my youngest son is right now, that the distance between Thanksgiving and Christmas Day, which this year is 33 days, feels the same to him as a year feels to me as a 39-year-old adult. So you can understand, like, it feels like a full year that they've waited to get to this point. So that's why they're, they're so excited for it. But another reason why they're excited is because to them, they really see the magic and the miracle of Christmas. For them, it really is a wonderful time. And one of the reasons why they feel this way is because they're not jaded to the world yet, like a lot of adults are. They look at the world and they see it full of potential and positivity and, you know, goodness. Things can happen that can be great in the world from their point of view. And I think the reason why they feel this way is because we've worked really hard, my wife and I, to shield them from some of the harshness of the world. We often say to each other, you know, they have the rest of their lives to figure out how horrible the world can be. And the truth is that for my son, Elijah, who's eight, he doesn't have long before he's going to see that reality in plain view. And my hope for him is that when the world does rear its ugly head, which it will, that he will come to see the celebration of Christmas in a completely different light. I hope that he might come to see Christmas for what it truly is, that it's not about presence, that it's about how our world can be full of darkness and how God will not allow that darkness to thrive. We've been doing a sermon series for the last couple of weeks here at First Pres. It's called A Light in the Darkness. And this sermon series has been talking about all the ways that we experience God's light in the world and the way that God can usher away the darkness in our lives. And I don't think I need to tell you all, you know that the world can be a very dark place. You all understand that our relationships can be plagued by brokenness. And that brokenness, it can come in the form of pain, poverty, suffering, racism, discrimination, bigotry, violence, addiction, abuse, And worst of all, apathy. And when these things come at us, which they do all the time, it can feel hard for us to believe that the hope, peace, joy, and love that Jesus is supposed to usher in the world is going to happen. It can feel like a distant reality. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm talking about? But you know, that's why I actually love Christmas Eve. I love coming to this sanctuary every year at this time because it's a reminder to me that as much as darkness has the ability to rule our lives, that the God that we believe in will never allow that darkness to conquer our world. And so by coming into this place, I hope that you feel a little reprieve from that darkness, even if it's only for a moment. Because tonight, 
What it's really all about is how evil does not have the last word. Tonight is about how God will have the last word. One of the ways that we see this in the scriptures is actually what I read to you this evening from the Gospel of John. I think that's a really beautiful exposition on this. And can we just read it one more time? Just a short excerpt because I think it's, it's really beautiful. So it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. By the way, just in case you're wondering, what is the Word? The Word is Jesus, right? So what has come into being in Him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not overcome it. Now what it's saying, which I really like, I mean, very simply, Jesus is the light of the world. And what's interesting is this author is saying that this light is what gives us life. Now I would like to take a moment to break that down for you because I think that's a really important thing for us to appreciate this evening. So in order to understand this, first of all, we have to understand the properties of light. And one of the first things that you learn as a child is that light contains what? All the colors of the the rainbow, right? Now I remember when I was in kindergarten, my teacher brought in a prism. And this prism was shining a rainbow up on the wall and I was so proud that I was the first kid in my class to see that rainbow on the wall. Nobody else could see it. I was so proud about this that I am telling you this anecdote as a grown man (laughs) 33 years later. Because you got to hold on to those positive things that happen in your life. (laughs) Now, when I got a little bit older, and I got into high school, I was in this physics class. And what I learned there is that one of the reasons why we can see color at all is because of the way that color interacts with the surfaces around us. And so color is really the result of light, as is life itself. Light has this very unique property of being both a particle and a wave at the same time. Now you don't have to understand what that means to understand this, which is that because it has both of those properties, it has the ability to bring life into the world. Light is the reason why we are here. It produces, it sustains, it nourishes life, not only on this planet, but all over the universe. And so when we talk about Jesus being the light of the world, Both of these factors are at play. So Jesus is both the source of our lives and the means by which we come to see God working in the world around us. I want to break that down because just saying that I think isn't quite enough. So to say that Jesus is the source of our life, what do I mean by that? What I mean is is that it is through Jesus that we come to know the God who is the creator of our universe. It's through Jesus that we come to know the qualities and characteristics of God. And through Advent, some of these qualities and characteristics that we talk about are hope, peace, love, and joy. Now what's interesting is that I explained in the series that every time you have an experience of hope, peace, love, or joy, you get these little pinpricks of of light in your life. You get these experiences of God. But what's beautiful about Jesus is that he has all these things in one package, He's the person who we look at, and as Christians, we believe that he is the person who has God's light most concentrated inside of him. It's kind of like how all the colors of the rainbow are concentrated in a single ray of light. Jesus has all of these things in his being. 
So I want to tell you how these things work. So I really believe that Jesus is our hope because honestly, when everyone else has abandoned you in your life, what I have found to be true is that Jesus is there for you in your heart. I can tell you that Jesus represents our peace because when your life devolves into chaos, and my life has devolved into chaos on many different occasions, and I'm sure it has for you, what I have found is that Jesus helps me to find this comfort in my soul, and it can restore me to a different place. Jesus represents our joy because I think at times we can be enveloped by sadness. Do you know what that feels like? Do you know what I'm talking about when your world can be enveloped in sadness? I have found that Jesus can draw me closer to God so that that sadness goes away. And most importantly, Jesus represents our love because when human love reaches its limits, which it does all the time, what Jesus shows us again and again is that God's love knows no bounds. Now, it's Jesus' light that lets us know all of these things, and it nourishes our soul in a way that nothing else can. And that's why we are here tonight. We are here this evening to remember that. Because in a world that can feel so dark and cold and lifeless, Jesus' birth shines a really necessary light into our world. Jesus represents this point in history where God's hope, peace, joy, and love, where it came to life in this little baby boy who was born in obscurity, but who would grow up to change the world forever. What I believe about Jesus' birth, and you may not believe this, but this is what I believe. I believe that it gives us a deep sense that God is actually with us. I didn't believe that for a long time, but I believe that after I started studying the Gospels. I started to believe that God wasn't going to abandon us any longer. It gave me a deep sense that God was walking alongside us and that no matter how much darkness we might face in our lives, that God would try to see us through to the other side. And so the reason why we are here tonight is because we need to remember the best that we can to keep Jesus at the forefront of our lives. I think if we can do that, then we can be reminded that God sent us Jesus to keep us going when truly nothing else can. So I know you all are used to me preaching for a really long time, but I figured this year I'd go short. And so I want to end with a benediction of sorts to my sermon, which is to say that tomorrow you guys are going to be together with your family and your friends, are you not? Are you going to be with the people who you love? I hope that in that time that you'll take a moment to just bask in the light of Jesus as much as you can. I say this because I really hope that you can experience the life-giving nurture of the hope, peace, joy, and love that Jesus offers our lives. And most importantly, this is what I want you to hear, that no matter what darkness you might face beyond the doors of this sanctuary, I hope that you can carry the light of Jesus with you in your heart so that the words of God might become true, that we might know that God does have the last word, and that ultimately Jesus our Savior is born today. Merry Christmas to you, and amen. amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, 
and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.